This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. The reason I'm prepared for this position is because I've been preparing for this all my life. Our goal is to compete and, and really put a fun team on the court that really gets after it. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. We're very talented. I mean, we can go out there and compete at a high level and give a lot of effort. We can be a good team. Six, five, four, three, two, one. John Wall is shut down for the remainder of the season, but hey, we've also got to talk about one Jalen Suggs, and we're going to do all of that on today's episode. What is up? And welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join myself and the Athletics' Ali Kambijani each week live to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. Now, before I introduce our esteemed guest here in just a moment, I do want to address uh, the the most breaking of news as we just sat down to record this podcast uh, late Tuesday evening, uh, well, mid-Tuesday mid evening, Sham Sharania reporting that John Wall will be shut down for the remainder of the season due to a hamstring tweak. Now, it means it opens up more minutes for the young guys. It means, you know, uh, a lot of Rockets fans, I'm sure, are reading this news and are very excited about John Wall no longer being in the lineup. I wish him the best. I wish him a speedy recovery if it is a legitimate injury. I'm not going to pretend that I'm not excited about the idea of more minutes uh, for Kevin Porter Jr., him having the keys to the offense. But we will talk about that more to in, in the episodes to come later this week and what that looks like, especially with the game against the Minnesota Timberwolves coming up right around the corner. But this episode is dedicated to Jalen Suggs and figuring out what he would look like in a Rockets jersey and kind of preparing you for what Jalen Suggs is going to be in the NBA and joining us to help us do that. He's, of course, Richard Stamen, credentialed draft expert and one of the hosts of Locked on NBA Draft. You can follow him on Twitter at Mavs Draft. How's it going, Richard? Hey, it's going great. Uh, happy to be welcomed back to enemy territory for a second time. So I can't complain. Right. Hey, you made it back. Uh, and hey, you did such a great job the first time that we decided we'd bring you on back in. Um, we had a lot of great responses from the first show with you, the the Cade Cunningham episode. If you missed that, be sure to go check it out. Um, this is really uh, timeless material that Richard and I are going over here as we're preparing uh, for the Rockets uh, draft chances. Uh, we'll be doing profiles on all these different players. And today we're starting with uh, with Jalen Suggs. And I, I guess, Richard, first off, when I was messaging you about, you know, the order that we were going to do these in, obviously Cade was at the top. And then I just kind of defaulted to Jalen Suggs at number two, which I guess is my like subconscious way of saying that I'm expecting him to go number two overall. Is that where you expect him to go? Or do you think, you know, what, what is your, you know, what is your projected draft range for Jalen Suggs? I guess that's a good spot to start. Yeah. I haven't really ever seen him as a guy who would go second overall. I have had points, had him as my second overall player, but I don't really see him going before number three. I think number one and two are about as set in stone as you can get. 
I wouldn't see, I wouldn't be shocked to see him go three. I think that's a very realistic expectation. I'd be very surprised if he slips out of the top five entirely, but at the worst, I don't see him falling lower than five, uh, six, excuse me. Okay. So we've got, so we've got three, roughly two, two through six, right. Is kind of where you have him. Although you don't have him locked in at two is what you're saying. Yeah, it, it'd be, it wouldn't, I'd be very surprised if he went two, but I'm not going to dismiss it. Okay. All right. I like that. I can respect that. Um, I guess, I guess subconsciously I've, I've got him a little bit higher. Cause is it safe to assume you've got Evan Mobley as your two? Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. Well, Mobley is going to be the next guy that we talk about, so that's going to be that's going to be fun there. But um, let's get let's get things started with just you know some basics on, on Jalen Suggs. Um, so some of his statistics from this uh, past college season: he averaged fourteen point four points per game, five point three rebounds per game, four point five assists, almost two steals per game, uh, shot thirty three percent, or I apologize, thirty four percent if we're rounding up, being generous uh, behind the arc, as well as seventy six percent at the free throw line. 50% overall shooting in just under 29 minutes per contest. Let's start with the physical. Richard, what about Jalen Suggs stands out to you uh, from, from just the physical side uh, of his of his gifts, his height, his, his size, all of that? Yeah, so I mean, obviously it starts with the fact that he's a 6'4", potentially 6'5". I, I think he's closer to that. Combo guard, which isn't exactly the most attractive uh, combination of skill set to height. But you know, he doesn't have any like standout length, anything like that. I don't think I wouldn't be shocked with like six, seven wingspan, but nothing too crazy. Um, but his athleticism is just wild. It's he's such a good athlete, crazy explosive. I don't even know if he got to showcase it that much. I think that might have been the most hidden thing for him at Gonzaga. Um, but athleticism is far and away, you know, the biggest physical trait he has. Okay, and it, does he? I guess kind of building off of that, does he know how to truly utilize his athleticism on the court? Right? Has he has he figured out how to tap into that part of his game, or is that something that he's still kind of working on? Yeah. So I mean, I think it starts with the fact that Gonzaga's roster construction was so weird that it's very hard to give an honest answer one way or the other. I, I think I think he has it and knows how to use it. It's just the way that they played didn't really allow for it to happen. I think in quick offense, you'll see it a lot more than in the college paced game where, you know, you're going into 10 seconds or even less um, of shot clock left. I think that really hurt his ability just to get a quick, you know, blow bit blow by his man and use his athleticism really well. Uh, so I think it'll translate a little bit better in the NBA. Okay. Now let, let's go as we're looking at, at Suggs and him coming in, do you have a comp in mind for somebody who kind of fits his skill set, which we're going to break down here in just a moment, um, kind of his his offensive skill set, his defensive skill set, and how that fits and potentially meshes uh, as as a prospect for the Houston Rockets. But let's start first. Who do you have in mind that we're kind of uh, illustrating, like, this, this is who he looks like? Man, I, I've had the hardest time, you know, since you told me I was going to be on here, I'm like, all right, I need to think of a comparison and I just, I've tried for months since I've started watching him. I don't know of one. The first one that comes to my mind is such a corny one because he has a lot of similarities physically. Uh, but actually, he was compared to last year's number one overall pick. And I think he's much more appropriate for uh, Jalen Suggs, which is Victor Oladipo. Just that kind of two-way, not a point guard, closer to a shooting guard, probably more of a true combo guard than Victor Oladipo was. Uh, if you remember his first two years in Orlando, they tried making him a point guard, but it didn't work. I think what you'll find different is 
Old Depot has a much higher defensive ceiling than Suggs does, but Suggs has a much higher playmaking ceiling than Oladipo does. So it's a little bit, there's a lot of shades of Oladipo in him though. Both great athletes, not like standout athletes, but uh, or I guess Oladipo did do a dunk contest. I don't, I guess I wouldn't put, put it past Suggs to be in there, but um, I think there's at least some similarities between the two. All right. Well, seeing as how the Rockets have a uh, very, we'll say, cantankerous relationship with Victor Oladipo and his uh, little <laughs> 20 game stint here in Houston, uh, maybe we'll just go ahead and pass on Sug. No, I mean, that, that's not the that, that's a that's a solid comp. That's not the end of the world. Victor Oladipo at one point, right, was an all NBA level talent before the, you know, the, the pair of injuries that kind of set him back a ways that he's still currently dealing with. Um, and I kind of like that trade off, right? If it, you know, you trade a little bit of the defense for a potentially higher playmaking ceiling and that's actually a really great spot that I want to build off of because I want to see you know we talk about him being a combo guard so I want to talk about his offensive skill set coming up here in just a moment as well as his defensive skill set and really get into some of those specifics after a quick message from our friends over at Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the NBA. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. So go download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices, and they just rolled out beta testing for Android users. So now Android users can join in on the fun as well. So be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA channel for the latest league updates. Follow me at JT Gatlin, as well as Ali Kambijani at Rockets underscore Insider. That way you get notified when our room goes live. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Get more of the sports news that you need in less time with our brand new Locked on Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked on Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news that you need in just under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your podcast. But right now... The expert we are chatting with, Richard Stamen of the Locked On NBA Draft. We're chatting Jalen Suggs. Now let's start. Let's start offensively, Richard, with Jalen. So he's a combo guard. His playmaking. I mean, would you would playmaking be his best asset offensively, or is it his driving ability? Is it his shooting ability? What would you? In fact, just kind of rank his offensive skill set for me, the, the from best to worst uh, for for Jalen Suggs. Yeah, so I mean, I'm going to cheat a little bit. He's a three-level scorer. He will be a three-level scorer in the NBA. That's automatically where the selling pitch starts. Um, but overall, I'm very confident in his ability to get to and finish at the rim. Uh, for reference, he shot 64, 64%, excuse me, at the rim uh, percent, He, which is very good. For reference on that, 60% for a guard is probably where you want to draw the line of good to below average. That's about that average line is 60 I think for translating, that's a good number to look for. Pretty much if you're under 6'10", you want to aim for 65. So he's right there. And then 70% is elite at any any height. So that's obviously great company. I think he'll finish at the rim. He's strong. He gets to the rim at ease, you know, has a lot of good moves. And then he can also shoot. And, you know, the three-point percentage is something that is very scrutinized since he's a top pick. I don't think it's much of an issue. I, I've always been kind of a approach over results for the draft in that regard because he takes so many deep threes that it's just, they're not all spot up corner threes, you know, and they're not all threes are made equal. 
And when you're shooting it two feet behind the line on a step back, which he can very well do, which just sometimes came and went, it held him back on that. So I would say that's probably his best attribute. And then last would be playmaking uh, on offense. It's not a bad area, but he just needs to improve some ball security and just overall be a more common playmaker. So thinking about his his potential fit here on the Rockets offensively, um, this wouldn't be a situation where he would necessarily like. I guess looking at his three point percentage and that you know kind of you already talked about that briefly, but you know I guess that would be a little bit of cause for concern for me because we're already seeing Kevin Porter Jr. who has struggled with his three ball this season. We know that he's capable of of hitting it at a higher clip than he has since joining the Houston Rockets, uh, and hopefully that's something that he you know is able to work out over this off season, but. The idea of having two guards in the backcourt for Houston who both struggle to shoot a res- a truly respectable percentage from behind the arc is not I don't again I don't want to say problematic but again there's a little bit of a version there because in my head I'm picturing Kevin Porter Jr. as the guy who is going to be doing a majority of the ball handling and playmaking having the you know having the keys to the offense so I wonder is Jalen Suggs able to flourish in a role where he is more so off ball next to Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah I think so he played in a three guard lineup uh, which automatically prepares you for that no it's very rare in college to see that so just for a little fun stat if you take out his final three games of the regular season so this is an 18 game sample size and then ignore the postseason so the two conference tournament games and the tournament run he shot 36 and a half percent from three it was just a difference he missed five six in a row before the conference tournament which really lowered it to all the way to 33 percent. so that was a very volatile number that a couple misses really impacted the percentage it wasn't necessarily like you know he had missed 10 shots in a row and then it dropped two percent this is it was just very fragile so i don't read a lot into that three point percentage i really do think he can play off ball quick release uh just the mechanics are completely fine he just didn't make a lot of shots the more practice and at bats he gets the better he's going to do is it fair enough to say this early on that you know you're drawing the comparisons to victor oladipo and i know we've already said you know potentially you trade off a little bit of the defense for some more playmaking is it fair to want to label him this early as a as a two-way guard Yeah, no, I think that's completely fair. I actually, one of my tools, so I talked about the three-level scoring in athleticism. The third one is being a two-way guy, two-way potential. And defensively, where where have you seen him stand out defensively? Is it specifically his on-ball defense? Does he just have solid defense awareness? Is is that what are the areas that he potentially needs to uh, really focus on to to be considered a true or one of the you know one of the true two-way guys in the NBA when you start thinking about guys who can do it on both ends? Yeah, so, I mean, it starts with off-ball. Uh, he's a really good team defender, rotates well, good basketball IQ, feel for the game, just knows how to play, has a sharp mind. So that's very helpful. I think that's always important in team defense. Then you get to on-ball defense, and, you know, he has a crazy high motor, just does not give up on plays. We saw that in the final two games of the tournament against UCLA and Baylor. And he also has super active hands and he just can be a pest and that actually applies to both off ball and on ball he will hound you off ball and just get up in your grill and not let you get space it's going to be a little bit harder to project that to the nba with freedom of movement but the upside on that end that it shows the flashes of being able to do that 
a couple of the things that I've read on, on Jalen Suggs kind of preparing for, for this and just kind of trying to uh, boost my own knowledge about him uh, and what he was good at, what he struggled with. Uh, I've read a couple of things about his foul trouble. And is that something that is to be a little bit concerning? You talk about his aggressiveness defensively. Is that something uh, most most rookies, when they come into the NBA, they struggle. You know, you talk about the freedom of movement, some of the rules that are different you know, at the NBA level versus college. Um, but is that going to be a cause for concern? Are these are these fouls in your mind that are again like stupid fouls, or are they just you know he's being a little overly aggressive on on defense? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the aggressiveness. It's not quite like Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, who <laughs> who probably fights foul trouble more than any other young star in the league. So I don't think it's that ex- that extreme. I think it's just, again, kind of like you said, he's just too aggressive, which is a great problem to have. I'd rather have someone be too aggressive than too passive. It's much easier to tone it down than to turn it up, I think. So I would say that's probably his issue. Yeah, fouling is, you know, he will have to adjust to freedom of movement, but it's not something I worry about with his defensive upside. I think it's a very minor potential impact to it. Now, talking about we haven't we haven't quite visited his his ceiling and floor yet, which we're going to do in segment three. But I do want to know if you can single out one area that you think is either you know th- that he really does have to work on, uh, you know, to to really make it at the NBA level. The one area that you you just didn't quite see enough of, and it could be it could be a statistic, it could be something that's more feel of the game oriented. Whatever you've got for me. Yeah, I mean, I'll start with turnovers. I, I think his ball security is something he really needs to work on. Too often on drives, he's so focused on beating his man off the dribble that he just forgets to hold on to the ball. It's nothing too crazy. I don't think it's a handle issue or anything like that. It's just a hey, learn how to <laughs> learn how to do both. So that's that's probably where I would start. It's just ball security. Okay, and the, and I, I'm I'm getting PTSD flashbacks now to Russell Westbrook um, because <laughs> not quite. That, no, okay. Well, I, I, thank you for assuaging my worries. Just a just a skosh, but um, because I, I can't count the number of times that I saw Russell Westbrook try to take off down the court, you know, go uh, 90 miles a minute, and he just forgets to take the basketball with him. So uh, maybe a, a slightly like a diet version of that, or <laughs> I mean, I I don't know who. Yeah, I mean, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's just, again, if you, someone has quick hands on him, it might catch him off guard, and if he just doesn't know how to counter it, I think, and just hold on to the ball tight enough. Because he's strong enough, he shouldn't get ripped. It's just kind of recklessness more than anything. Again, the over-aggressiveness. Okay, and then the other the other concern that I kind of have as we're as we're having this discussion, I didn't even have this written down in my notes. You know, we talk about his size, right? 6'4", six, 6'5", six, combo guard. Is there you know, cause for concern that at the NBA level, you know, he doesn't exactly jump out of the page as far as being a, a really physical presence. And if you put him in a backcourt with say, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. If we're the Rockets, then you've got a backcourt. KPJ's probably about, you know, six, five. I mean, some people have, he's been listed as like six, three, but there's not a chance in hell. He's actually six, three. Like you see him out there and he looks taller than John wall. Um, maybe he's still growing. He's only 20 or 20 years old, but, um, you know, for a backcourt like that, is there cause for concern that they might struggle uh, against, you know, certain matchups, getting, you know, getting picked on on switches, that kind of thing? Or is that not so much a concern that should be had right now? Yeah, I don't think that they're going to get too hurt. Again, I, I just think his, he's too good to fail on the defensive end. I, I don't think that would be much of a worry. 
Okay. All right. Well, with that, we're going to get to uh, some of our, our, you know, best case, worst case scenarios for Jalen Suggs and how he would pan out at the NBA level after a quick message from our friends over at rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, which isn't exactly fair, right? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest possible prices rather than changing their prices around based on what the market will bear, kind of like what airlines do. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even brand new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, the rockauto.com, it's a family-owned business, right? They, they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Their catalog, it's so easy to navigate. So go to rockauto.com right now, check it out, see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure, right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Another quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. Look, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. NBA playoffs are coming up right around the corner, and look, this week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your U.S. UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign sign up bonuses, and contest information. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to finally get into the game as teams prep for their runs in the playoffs. Head over to the website and use promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's a 50% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On. That's L O C K. E-D-O-N. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. If you like this analysis that you're hearing on this very podcast, you need to go check out the Locked on NBA Draft podcast. You get analysis on all the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage, four days a week from credentialed draft experts like Richard, who is hanging out right here with us at Locked on Rockets. Richard, you want to do a little elevator pitch for Locked on NBA Draft? Yeah, I was going to say, you might as well just have me do these reads, man. I, I can gladly take over for you on this. No, we have uh, we have three, you know, hosts that do it. Sorry, it's a little bit weird because we have four, uh, technically, with Sam and Cody. They're one show. You get the you get a lot of perspectives. I think Sam and Cody bring a very diverse, uh, you know, there's two of them on the show. They bring a very diverse skill set. Rafael is super familiar with everyone, but especially the international game. He even has some of the players come on. And then I, I think I'm very good in my own right. You know, you've heard me. I'll kind of let uh, hopefully the Locked On Rockets shows speak for myself. I don't need to boast on myself. But, yeah, we have a really solid crew together. It's, it's so crazy that, like, of, of the shows that are consistently pulling pulling you on, um, I, I was like, you know what? I got to go get the Mavericks guy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I made a mistake being a Mavs, Mavs fan. I should have been Magic Draft. <laughs> right there we go. Just 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 change the at temporarily while you're while you're doing these shows with me now. <laughs> All right. Well, we won't fault you too much for that. You've been a wealth of information and we're going to continue on down that track and let's just go right in. What is for Jalen Suggs 
the the worst case scenario for him, you know, NBA wise, like what you know, he he gets drafted and you know he he's playing for the Rockets. What would be the nightmare scenario for him? He's only a seventh man. He's a quality backup. I think that's your worst case scenario. The floor is just so high for Suggs. I find it interesting you start with seventh man. So he, so not not any. So I mean, I guess that's a, that's a still a pretty strong safety net. I like that that you know he's you're you're so you're fully convinced he will be a a solid rotational player in the league. Yeah, he has a ten year career barring injury or any crazy unexpected come ups. Uh, there's very little chance he does not have a long career being a successful player. And yeah, I don't see him as a spark plug sixth man type. That's why. Yeah, that's why I chose six or seven, excuse me, over six, but easily a rotation player for years. Okay. I like it. What about, what about middle and, you know, middle of the, of the, of the lane kind of, you know, things aren't phenomenal for him, but they, they haven't been quite as bad as being just a seventh man. Yeah. And I think this is probably the very most realistic scenario. He's a starter who puts up decent numbers, but uh, doesn't ever stand out in his own way. He makes the team better, but he's not going to be like, you know, more than an average starter on the team. Okay, and then his absolute I hope best I case. That right. <laughs> no, I no, I, I I totally get you. He's a, he's a contributor. He you know he's he's not necessarily you know in your I guess you know potentially your three pronged approach to you know title contention, but still you know one of those guys that absolutely you know is is a contributor to your team, right? I, I get I get that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's a strong contributor on a playoff team. Okay, I like that. And then a best case scenario is he pans out and is what, a, a, a top three piece on a contender? Yeah, I would completely agree with that. Maybe even if the team is good enough, you could flirt with a third all-star bid for a team. I think, you know, he would be flirting with almost 20 points per game under that scenario and not being a defensive liability. I like that. And what what does he, I guess, what does he really need to focus on and accomplish to to be in that role? Like, is he is he a guy who's going to be able to I guess kind of flourish in potentially a almost like a you know think like a Clay Thompson esque role where he doesn't necessarily the you know offenses aren't being geared to to slow him down is that where he could really find a lot of success or if he's being touted as like a first or second option is that where he's going to struggle? Yeah, I don't know how well he'd pan out as a first or second option. And before I, you know that this is a very sensitive subject. Do you consider Clay a super role player or a like a star who's limited to being a role player? Star. I, I, I say I, I consider Clay a star who's uh, limited to being a role player. Okay. Yeah. So I I think it would be slightly worse than that. I think he would be closer to the because again the Clay Thompson whatever you label him is very sensitive to uh, to a lot of people. So I think he would be closer to that super role player. Than a you can you can you can call Warriors fans sensitive. It's okay, Richard. We're on a Rockets <laughs> podcast. You, that in fact, if you say Warriors fans are sensitive, you will earn a hell of bonus points with the Rockets listeners right now. I t- I guarantee you that. Can I have the floor? Absolutely. <laughs> Warriors fans are sensitive. I and love for it. That I am never making an appearance on Locked On Warriors. I imagine. So. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I love it. See, he's earning brownie points. He's learning as he's <laughs> as he's hanging out on this podcast. No, I, I mean, I, I give I give Clay credit where credit is due. He's absolutely, you know, he's one of the greatest shooters of all time. You 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 can't you can't label him a role player who is you know a super role player. He he's a phenomenal shooter. He's I think your prototypical like two way guy, right? He's an elite three and D player, um, and I think that he's just you know. 
blessed by his circumstances to have happened to play alongside Steph Curry and Draymond Green and, and Kevin Durant for periods of his career where he's been able to take that back seat and not have to, you know, do all of the heavy lifting until he gets those moments where he just goes, you know, absolutely supernova, which is just trust me as a Rockets fan and somebody who's <laughs> followed the team for my entire life. Um, it hurts, man. It hurts a lot. <laughs> I can imagine that. Um, all right. So we're going to get to now uh, my, my favorite, my amazing, wonderful made up stat. Are you ready for the bustability stat, Richard? What, what do you got for, for Suggs's bustability score? Yeah. I mean, again, one being uh, no chance he busts uh, 10 being this guy, do not touch him probably two i'm very very sure that this man sticks around i mean his feel for the game his athleticism i i fully believe the jump shot is there that he just doesn't have much that'll hold him back it's more about what would hold him back from getting to the top there's just such a little chance that he would actually uh fail out of this league if i if i remember correctly so so you know going with the the lowest number no chance no chance he busts the highest number being stay away from him i think you picked a 0 for cade so like the scale like you like you broke the scale for cade you were that confident on cade not busting is that i i think that was correct right yeah if it is then i might move it down to to a 1 cuz i thought i had cade at 1 but i think i did have 0 so i'll move sugs up to a 1 There's okay just- very All right. little chance. All right, there we go. Well, I I, I like that very much. Um, and with that, that kind of brings us to the the most exciting part of the episode, the tail end, where we have to uh, rub our little magic eight ball and see what happens as we bust out the Tankathon lottery simulator and see where things land. The Rockets currently sitting with the worst record in the NBA, two losses ahead. I, I get behind. I well, say hey, I say way, ahead. Congratulations. Right. Like just, you know, I, when I'm reading, I just, I love that Tankathon actually like stacks the teams from like worst to best. Um, and has like the inverse of like the, the losing streaks are green. The winning streaks are red. Like it's, it's my favorite thing. It's so like, it's just a little bit of minor flavor, but it's amazing. It really makes the site. Um, so with that, Richard, let's go ahead and spin, spin this wheel and maybe we'll luck out and get the Orlando magic. Another great pick. Please. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Richard, you might be bad luck, man. Um, so that's two spins in a row where the Rockets have lost their pay. You know what? We should just start doing these preview episodes uh, for Ryland Styles of Locked on Thunder um, because each time we've lost, the Rockets have lost their pick. It's gone to OKC. New Orleans jumps up nine spots to the number one overall pick, which is just unfair. That's just no, that's like, they don't, they don't need Cade over there with Zion. That's just like, you want to talk about getting people to think the NBA is rigged. That would be a way to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, if they, it'd be them in Cleveland. If they both got one and two, that would be just the ultimate sign. Oh, man. Uh, D- Detroit jumps up a spot. They're number two overall. Minnesota comes in at number three. Orlando, number four. So congrats there, Richard. And then yeah. OKC clocking in at number five and six, actually. So OKC with back-to-back picks. Um, Richard, I'll let you do the honors just like last time. Go ahead and knock us out with the draft order. So you've got New Orleans, Detroit, Minnesota as the first three. Okay, so New Orleans takes Cade. Um, Detroit was two? Yes. They take Mobley. Oh man, Minnesota's is really hard. There's a path. Ah, I'm, I think they're going to bring Jalen Suggs home. He's from Minnesota. I think they take him back. All right, so Jalen Suggs to Minnesota, and then you've got Orlando at four, and then OKC twice at five and six. So Orlando is uh, God, man. You put me in a tough situation. 
you hey you had it easy on the last one like i i, I like i lobbed <laughs> I up the last one for you and you said this is like the easiest lineup that i could possibly imagine for doing a draft pecking order so now you have a difficult yeah, one not wrong that's a fair counter uh, i'm gonna go with an unbelievably spicy hot take i take kuminga to the magic and then the thunder take Jalen green and i give them based on how everything's going i'd say keon johnson maybe Jaden springer one of the two tennessee guys Okay. All right. Well, I like it. Well, I don't like it because the Rockets managed to somehow walk away without another top pick um, in back-to-back episodes. I, you know what I'm going to do? As soon as we finish recording this episode, I'm just going to sit down and like spam the lottery simulator once I'm, off, once I'm off the recording with you. Because if I do it while I'm on the recording with you, it's like like rabbit's foot or something. Like I'm getting like bad juju on the on the lottery sims. But um, as always, Richard, thank you so much for being here with, to, to talk you know NBA draft with us, to talk Jalen Suggs this episode. Uh, why don't you go ahead and let the listeners know where they can track you down at. Yeah, you can find me at Mavs Draft. You can find me on the Locked On NBA Draft podcast I do every Tuesday. So today you can also, if you're wanting to hear more draft content, I'm doing sleepers. Uh, it's the, kind of the opposite of where this one went at the top. And then also I do uh, my own podcast, uh, Mavs Draft podcast every couple of weeks. Awesome, Richard. Thanks again for being here, man. Thank you very much. All right, that is going to do it for today's episode. Be sure to check back as we continue to break down all the prospects in the NBA draft. But for today's episode, that will be it. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.